All right. I'm going to read starting out with Matthew chapter 1, um, or Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10, and then I'm going to move forward to John chapter 20 once I read this scripture. So Lord help. Matthew 28, verse 1. Now after the Sabbath... As it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave, and behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. I'm so thankful that everything he says, he does just as he says. Come and see the place where he was lying. Verse 7, Go quickly, tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, and behold, I have told you. And they left the lamb, qui- and they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy, and ran to report to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they came and took a hold of his feet and worshipped him. And the Je- then Jesus said, "Do not be afraid. Go take, go take word to my brethren." to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. Okay, so here's Jesus. Here's Jesus that he died on the cross. He was put in the grave, and, 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 and the enemy thought he had won, but while he was in the grave, he's fighting, he's doing all these things, and he, he, he came. He came, Let me rephrase this. Jesus came, lived as a man, spotless, without sin, and he ended up dying on that cross, and three days later, he rose from the grave. And they go to look for him. And the angel says, he's not here. The one you see, he, he's alive. He has risen. All right? And so he came and he fulfilled all of his purposes that he came to do on the earth. And what did he come to do? Because this is so, so important. He, he came to bear our sins on the cross so that we might receive his righteousness. And so, so, so the Lord, He has always wanted image bearers. That's been from the very beginning. And because of sin, Jesus came and He shed His blood so that He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, and Jesus is with the Lord seated on the throne in the heavenly of heavenlies right now. But we are His righteousness here on the earth, shining forth, bearing forth His image. Okay, He came to give us a holy life and He came to give us an abundant life. John 10.10 He did not come and die so that we could just get by. He came so that we could have life and life abundant is what He came to do. He came to establish a new race of humanity. Right? That, that the old is gone and the new has come so that I may no longer relate to who I was before I came into his kingdom, but I only identify with who I am in him. Too many of us, we struggle and we relate to the sinful nature. We relate to the edemic nature after we've 
given our life to Jesus and we say, I'm just a no good, dirty, rotten sinner. That's not who Jesus died for you to be. Or that's not why he died. He died so that you could be a new creation and begin to live unto him, right? And then he came to establish the original intentions of the Lord. The Lord's original plan was this. Be fruitful and multiply and rule and reign the earth. That was his original plan. And while you do it, walk with him in the cool of the day. Genesis 3. And so the Lord, Jesus, he came to restore those very things. So today... We are, we can walk in intimacy with Him. We can walk hand in hand with Him, if you will, because what He did. So I'm going to pray. If you're watching online today and you haven't given your life to Him, I'm going to say it's, it's, it's really, really easy to give your life to Him, but it's afterwards where the hard work begins. And so, but if you're like, I'm tired of living for myself, I'm tired of living the way that I have, I want his forgiveness, I want his grace, and I want his mercy, I want to become a new creation, I want to become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Then I'm just going to ask you to just pray this simple prayer Jesus, forgive me. I've sinned. I believe that you're God. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you were put in the grave. And on three days later, I believe that you rose again and defeated death once and for all. I follow you all the, all the days of my life. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if that was you, you can just send us a message and we'll talk to you about the next steps. So I want you to skip ahead to John chapter 20 because this, is, this story occurs on the exact same day of, of, of Jesus had rose from the grave and then we pick up this, the continuation of this story and uh, it's just, there's so much here, it's so, so good because I think it really relates to where we are right now. All right, so John 20, starting with verse 19, it says this. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, so Jesus rose from the grave in the morning, and by evening, this is where we pick up the story, probably around 8 p.m., and so when, when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut and the disciples, the, I'm sorry, the, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And so Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. Okay, so I believe this with all of my heart. Jesus desires to come and stand with you. So that's the point one, if you will. But so, so here's, here's the backdrop. That Jesus is crucified and his disciples are scared to death and they're hiding in isolation at home. 
Now, it doesn't sound too, too unfamiliar. We're at home. We're not hiding. We're submitting to our authorities. But many of us, we're at home, and many of us are scared and fearful in this hour. And Jesus, he comes, and not only does he come, he walks through their door. Like, I, like, I don't think we understand. Like, literally, he walked through a wall and goes inside and like 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 doors at this time it wouldn't have been i mean it, the doors most of the doors in these places they had the 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 big wooden board that you thump put behind it and braced it and locked it like he, he even though it was dead bolted even though it was locked he enters in and says here i am peace be with you and and he came and it says that he stood with them the word stood, it means that he remained firmly, and it means that he established something. And I would propose this, that on this Easter Sunday, that many of us were at home, and Jesus desires, whether you want him to come in or not, he desires to walk through your door, if you will, and he desires to establish himself as Lord in your life, and not only in your life, but Lord in your home. And not only does he want to establish himself, but he wants to remain there. And this is the gift that we have in this season, is that for a lot of us, we've compartmentalized our Christian life. And the Lord's like, I want no compartmentalization where we just follow him here. He's asking to be established in your homes. And so what's so beautiful is we were worshiping all together all around this region, and we were worshiping together, and he was establishing his throne in your homes. And so then your house literally becomes, I'm spitting all over this morning, but but then your home becomes, <laughs> COVID, I probably should wear a mask, whatever. But, but he, he's establishing your home as a house of prayer and worship. And so, so I think it's this. Like, I think I should be able to show up at your home and I sense the presence of the Lord to the same degree that I'm sensing Him here. Now, I love this and I miss this, but when I'm at home, it's really, really good because He came and He's established Himself. He's came and revealed Himself. He's walking through walls. And some of us, some of us, we have these barriers set up and we have these things set in place and we're like, well, I want you in, but I want you in fully. And He's just going to get all up in your business and say I'm just going to break and I'm going to enter and I'm going to begin to woo and I'm going to begin to draw you near and then I'm going to get established in your home and so it's easier if you just go ahead and say all right I'll acquiesce <laughs> and he desires not listen to this listen to this, like I believe that he desires to show himself real See, 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 see the, 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 this is the rub for me. It's like, it's like this is real or it's not. It's not halfway real. It's not partway real. It's like either this is truth. Well, let me phrase it. Like, yeah, like this, this is real, but this is truth. And truth always trumps real. And so, so he, this, he wants to establish himself as real and as truth and wants to reveal himself in that manner. And so it's like, so, so, so he comes in, he comes into the house, and when he, when, he, when he did this and when he said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. He was showing them the holes that were in his hands. 
that were in his wrist and the hole that was on his side where they pierced him and, and the blood and the water, which I believe represent his cleansing and represent the Spirit of God that, that came out of his side. That, that, that He showed them those two things. It would be like, I really am risen from the grave. Right. Because this is the thing. He is a, he is a real man. He's a real man who's sitting on a real throne that's praying real prayers on your behalf right now. And he desires to show himself real. He desires to show himself real. And, and like in this time, he will show himself real to you. I promise you that. Whether you start praying for things, and as you're praying, you start to ask the Lord to move and to answer whatever. Like the Lord has showed himself real so many times in my life. July 15, 2007, the day I gave my life to Jesus, he, he showed himself real to us. He showed himself, we're going to tell this story soon, but he showed himself real through, through the pregnancy story of how my wife got pregnant. He showed himself real through when my son was born. And, and really, he showed himself real when my wife was pregnant with Ethan before we knew him. Or before we knew Jesus, because he just did this miraculous thing in that situation. Time and time again, he shows himself real so that when you go through these difficult seasons and times, you do not waver, you do not succumb to fear, you do not quit. You're like, no, he's real, and he's alive, and he's alive forevermore. He desires to show himself real. And so I, 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 think, I think he's like, I'm just, I'm just looking for someone I, I actually think this, so, so I, I think that it's like, and this is, this, this is related, but it's not in the Easter narrative, but, but, when, but when Stephen was stoned to death, it says that Jesus stood up from his seat. And I think he stood up from his seat because he said, there's someone that actually believes there's someone that I've shown myself real to. And so he, I think right now he's just looking for people that, that instead of arguing over asinine things and arguing over this or that or the other, he's like, I'm just looking for someone that thinks I'm real. I'm just looking for someone that it migrates down from their head and it hits their heart in a way that it changes them forever. And the moment it migrates from here to here, man, it I mean, it, it just... It will set you free. It'll do all kinds of stuff in your heart. It'll liberate you. And that's what he's desiring to do right here and right now. Now, the other thing that he came to do, and I think this is of the utmost importance, is that he came to establish peace in the hearts of his people. If he is seated in peace, he desires his people to be seated in peace. He's not up there doing this, this like biting his nails, stressing out. He's not. He's sitting there whispering prayers to the Father. Oh. Verse 21, so Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. This was the standard Jewish greeting, like shalom, peace be with you. But he wasn't doing it as a standard greeting. He was giving a priestly blessing to his people. That's why in number six, there's a great song that sings this verse right now. Number, number 6, 24 says, The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance 
on you and give you peace. So here's, here's the picture. His disciples are isolated at home, and Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is like, I, I don't know if it's like Star Trek where he just teleported in or what, or if he just walked through. But he, 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 walks, through, he walks through that wall, and he walks through that wall, and the first thing he announces is, peace be with you. <laughs> it's almost, he's like, don't freak out, but it's really me. <laughs> and, but, but it gets, it's funny. Like, I think sometimes we just do, we do freak out. We're like, what's going on? What's going on? And Jesus is like, if you would just listen, I'm giving peace in this time, and I want to get you through this. Now, the word peace, it means tra- tranquility. It means freedom from worry. What would it look like if his church, if us believers, got free of worry? And now I've been guilty of this over the last few weeks. I've, like, I start worrying about things and stuff, church people, finance, all these things. I'm like, no, I'm not getting up from my seat of peace to worry and stress out because he's promised to take care of me. He's promised to take care of my, our people. He's promised to take care of followers that love him and are called according to his name and his purpose. And the word peace, it means God bless you. And so when you tell someone Jesus grants peace, you're saying God blesses you because it's a supernatural thing that cannot be done on your own. That's why also in John 14, Jesus said, peace be with you. My peace I give you. If you try to hold your own peace, you're not going to be able to. But if you take his peace, it's actually going to work. That's why he gives it to you. He doesn't say muster it up or pick yourself up by your bootstraps. He doesn't say try harder. He doesn't say believe more. He doesn't say believe harder. He says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do you, I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So I'll say this, folks. This is not a time to be filled with worry. Now, I get it. I, I get being smart. I get all those things. But it's not a time to be worry. It's not a time to be stressed. It's not a time to panic. It's not a time to shrink back. It's not a time to hide. It is a time to say, he's given me peace, and it's going to be okay. When the news and everyone else is saying, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, we're like, I think it's going to be just fine. <laughs> What's it going to look like? I don't know. But he's got it. He's, uh, he's good. He's in control. Well, what about this and this and this? He's good. What about this and this and this and this? He's still good. What about this and this and this and this and this? He's still good. So he wants to give a greater measure of peace. He wants to bless us with peace. I, I, think, I said last week that I think this will be a revival we see born out of rest. I think it will be a combination of rest and peace. Not rest in peace, but rest and peace. <laughs> that was really bad. But, but rest and peace. I promise you, he's not stressed, man. See, that picture of yesterday, that, that, that silent Saturday, the disciples were already hiding. They were worried and stressed out because they had already forgotten everything the Lord said to them. And when they didn't see him doing anything because he was in the tomb, they couldn't see what he was doing on the other side of that tomb. Right now, the Lord is moving. Right now, the Lord is doing things. Right now, the Lord 
is doing stuff in the world. He's doing stuff in the economy. He's doing stuff in the government. He's doing stuff at hospitals. He's doing all these things that we cannot see right here and right now. But there will be a moment when we see the fruition of what he is doing. And so he's not out taking a nap. He's not taking a day off. He's not on furlough. He's not any of these things. He is in control and he's moving right now. That's why, that's, why, that's why Paul wrote that we live by faith, not by sight. Hmm. Amen, Jesus. Now, I love this, because this, this is what's wild, is, is that he, he ends up, he comes in and he says, I'm here, it's me, look, look at my... My hands, or look at my wrists, is probably what it was actually through. Look at my side. And then he says, <laughs> and then he says this, receive the Holy Spirit. So not only peace be with you, but verse 22, it says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them. He went, receive the Holy Spirit. Breathe, this, this word for breathe, that's only used one time in the entire New Testament. And it's used two other times in the entire Bible. But, but one of the instances that this word breathe was used was in Genesis 2-7, where the Lord bent down and formed man in his hands. And he breathed his breath into Adam's nostrils, bringing life to Adam. So when he breathes on him, the, 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 the inclination is this, that when he breathes his breath, it brings life. Because, again, he doesn't want you living dead. He wants you living alive. And there is a difference. The other time that word is used is in Ezekiel, I think it's 37.5. You may have to look that up. But it's when he said, come breath to the dry bones, and that breath entered into the bones, and they ended up standing up. It's this picture of bringing life and vitality that's something that needs it. And so, so I believe that, 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 that life came into Adam because of the Spirit of God, and Jesus imparted spiritual life into his disciples by breathing on them. And his breath, it, it brings life. His breath, it brings it connects or brings life to bones, and his breath, it brings vitality. Now, here's the deal about the Lord's breath. If I, if, if I said, now, if I, I, I didn't have to put a breath man in today because you guys aren't here. So it's like coffee all the way still. But anyway, I don't have to, if I said, if I wanted to breathe on you, if I wanted to go receive the Holy Spirit, you would need to be near me. And not just like, because there's some here that's helping do things. Like, I can't go and reach them. They would have to get really close to me. Jesus is inviting all of us to draw closer. He's inviting us to draw closer. He's <laughs> I'm breathing and Brett's sneezing, so it's all the same thing. Allergies. Allergies. Full disclaimer. But in order to breathe, in order to breathe, You've got to get close. And so I think Jesus enters into this room and he says, peace. And he gets down really close. And he gets down really close and he goes. And that hits them just like that. 
And so even though we can't be in any church in North America right now, okay, the Lord, he wants to invade your homes to the place where you're isolated. He wants to come and establish himself firm in that place. And then he desires to give you his peace. And then he desires to go, why, I've got you here. Let me do this. Receive the spirit that brings life and vitality to you. And it's, 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 it is the difference. It is the difference between going through life and hoping you get through the day or living life and being like, I can't wait to see what today holds because today is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, is the, it is that difference. It's, it's the difference between dreading what's going to happen and waiting with expect, anticipation like, what is he going to do today? It's, it's the difference between seeing a sick person and going, oh, I hope they get better or saying, you know what, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead has quickened my own mortal body in the name of Jesus be healed. Like it is the difference between saying wishing and hoping and believing. And I'm saying that we need to get into this place where we get close enough where he can breathe his breath into his bride once again. And this isn't a fake breath. This isn't a breath where we have to muster it up and, and act like, I tell you, like, like, I'll just say this. I am so tired of holding back out of fear of offense. I'm like, man, I just want to live on fire and live with his breath inside of me. And if it causes someone else to get hungry, then so be it. And if it causes someone else to be like, I don't know, then that's okay. But I'm going to live my life with his breath inside of me. And I'm going to live this stuff out so I can see his gospel and his good news in my day-to-day life. I believe he desires to send his spirit at this time and we need it and even though we're isolated right now even though we're isolated at home we are still a sent people folks oh we're still sent we're still sent in the sense that we cannot like look we we've all like I've, I've, I've been to the bridge in Louisville where someone's threw a gospel track in my hand, but they didn't make eye contact with me. I've been on the street corner where the preacher yelled and screamed, you're going to hell. And I'm thinking, man, I am preaching the gospel week in and week out. I sure hope I'm not, right? I've, I've, I've had those things. And the difference in being sent and going is having his spirit living inside of us. And so that if his spirit's inside of you, the things that you do are going to be filled with love. The things that you do are going to have grace and mercy and hope and, 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 and expectation, if you will. And so I'm saying that, that we are still sent. At the grocery store, you're still sent right now. At all the banks or the essential business, you are still sent right now. Online, as you're typing whatever you're typing right here and right now, you are still sent. You're representing Him and you get to represent Him because His Spirit lives inside of you. Like, I, 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 like I, I love this. I think that my and my wife's, mine and April's life, like, I think part of it is a picture of what the Lord loves to do because my wife loves old things. Most of you guys know that. And she likes taking old, broken, discarded things and giving it new purpose and new life. And the Lord, he loves taking broken and hurting and wounded people, messed up people, and saying, come here. Now, let me use you. (laughs) Now, last point. (laughs) 
He desires for us to live as resurrected sent ones. I say resurrected. <laughs> Not only are we sent, but we're supposed to actually, like, we've been raised from the dead because his resurrection is our resurrection. Because I've been crucified with Christ. And if I've been crucified with him, I've also been raised up with him. Verse 23, it's kind of a confusing verse, but it says this. He, he tells them after he breathes on them, he says, if, if you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. But if you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. Now, I don't have the power of forgiveness. I can forgive someone, but I don't have the, the power to wipe someone free of their sin. That's what uh, Mark 2.7 does this, because the absolute authority of re releasing the guilt of sin, that belongs to the Lord. That's not us. So it's like, what is this saying? It's, it's, it's like, it's this. Jesus is giving them a permission slip, saying, you have the power to preach the good news of the kingdom now. What's the good news? You can be forgiven. You can be made whole. You, whatever you're lacking, it can be filled up. You're struggling, you don't have to anymore. You're hurting, you can be healed. You're wounded, you can be healed. You need restoration, great news, you can be restored. Jesus is giving the authority to proclaim the gospel to the nations. That's why in Matthew 10, that's why in Matthew it says this, that we are to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely we have received, now freely give. It's, it's, it's giving away that resurrection life and that resurrection power. Now, now, now what's, what's fascinating to me is that if you die, <laughs> like, some of, like some of us will say, Jesus, like Jesus, he, yeah, he, he came to save us, but he came so that you would actually die. He came to kill you so that he could raise you back to life. And when he raises you back to life, you're this new creation. And so everything that you were beforehand, you are no longer before. And I think the Lord is looking for people that live with resurrection power flowing through their veins. He's look like, like I, I'm going to say this, and, and I, I don't want it to be misinterpreted, but he's not looking for people that just prayed a prayer so that they could go to heaven, and hopefully he comes back tomorrow and takes me to heaven and says, the hell with the world. No, he came, he came to restore me as an image bearer of his righteousness and of his goodness so that I could live out the gospel of the kingdom on my day-to-day -day life and therefore see the increase of that kingdom and he desires to use us day in and day out he he, he wants us to be image bearers on the earth that's like and he, he just I, I think he's waiting for people to say all right I want you, I want your spirit, I want it all. I'm not going to settle for halfway. I'm not going to settle for just a little bit. It's not going to bother me if I look weird. It's not going to bother me if I look kooky anymore. It's not going to bother me if I don't fit in anymore. You didn't make me for this world. I'm actually not from it anymore. I'm from another kingdom. I'm an ambassador sent from on high. I'm a living epistle. I'm going to live this stuff out because what you have done for me is just too good to be true and since it's too good to be true then it has to be true alright I would suspect if you guys were here this is where people would start coming forward 
He desires to fill you. So, I'm just going to pray. Help me, Lord. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray that we get a revelation of who He is. And then I'm going to pray that we start a lot. Like, Jesus can walk through walls, but why don't we just open up the door and let Him in? Let him in. Let him get established in your heart. Let him get established in your life. And that word established, it, it, it means that nothing's going to knock him over. I think that's why in Revelation, that's why his feet is cast in burnished bronze because he's just not going to move. They're heavy. <laughs> he's not moving one inch. We're going to pray that you get him established in your home. We're going to pray that you start to receive peace. In an hour where everyone's scared and freaking out, and I'm not making light of anything, I'm just saying it's not a time to be scared and freaking. It's not a time to worry and be stressed out. It is a time to trust Him and what He says and receive that peace. And then we're going to pray. It's like all kinds of points. Then we're going to pray that you get His Spirit. Now, this time, his disciples got the Spirit and it brought life to them. And in Acts chapter 2, that's when they got that dancing flame of fire on their head where it changed all the rules. We're just going to pray that you get this. So, I, I'm, I'm done teaching. Let me just pray. Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you for your goodness and kindness, Lord. I would pray, Lord, that you would in this time that you would begin to establish yourself in the homes of families all across this country. I, I, I pray you establish yourself so, so significantly that when this thing shifts and turns around, that you won't be put by the wayside. I, 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 I do, Lord. I pray you establish yourself in such a way that homes become little altars, that homes become little houses of worship, that apartments become places of intercession, that, 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 that neighborhoods become places of healing where the sick are brought into them because there's such a high degree of presence in those homes that people can't help but get touched when they walk into those neighborhoods. God, I would pray for a greater grace even on my own home, Lord, where people walk in and the fear of the Lord begins to hit them not and, and begins to hit them in such a way that they they say things like, what must I do to be saved? Or what must I do to grow closer to you, Lord? And so I pray you establish yourself in our homes, God. I would pray, Lord, that we are not satisfied by lesser lovers. I, I would pray, Lord, that, that you, you actually fulfill what was prayed in Song of Songs 1-4, which says, draw us close to you and let us run together, God. I pray you would begin to draw your people close to you and we just run with you all the days of our life here and forevermore God I would pray that you would begin to release peace in our family God I would pray Lord no more I say worry you must go in the name of Jesus I, I would pray right now God you begin to flood homes with peace I would pray God that that prayer that was prayed that great priestly prayer prayed in number six that your countenance would begin to shine upon people that we would begin to look at you or look like you 
I would pray like the countenance that Jesus got on the Mount of Transfiguration, God. I would pray for that kind of countenance to begin to get released to us, Jesus, where we shine, where we, Isaiah 60, where we begin to arise and shine for our glory has come, that, that, or our light has come because your glory is shining upon us, God. So I say release peace here and today. May we be the ones that, those that are essential workers, may we be the ones that when we're in our businesses, we're the ones not freaking out. May we be the ones when we're at the grocery store, we're not the ones panicking, living from a scarcity mindset, but we actually live with a kingdom mindset that's abundant, Scott. I would, <coughs> I would pray, I even think some of you this week will actually go and reach a, for a roll of toilet paper or, or some paper towels, and you're going to be like, you know what, because you're going to see someone else reaching for that exact same thing, and you're going to go, you know what, you go ahead and take it, and the Lord's going to bless you because you live that way. Wow. I would pray. Wow. Yeah. I would pray, Lord, that you begin to release your spirit amongst your people. You're inviting us close. Lord, you don't want to zap. I don't think you want to zap people from afar with your spirit. I think you want us to get so close to you that you begin to go. And we feel your breath on us, God. I would, uh, I would pray, God, that we grow so close to you that we feel that, that we experience that, that we get filled with life, that we get filled with vitality. I'm asking that you fill us with vitality to such a degree that when people look at us, they see flickering flames in our eyes, God. I pray, Lord, that when they, get, when they see us or when they see the way we walk or our countenance, that they say that person must be filled with him. And I pray you'd help us to always live this stuff out, Lord. Always let us live it out, God. Let us live it out, God. Let us live it out. I would pray. I would pray, Lord, that you draw your bride, your people close to you. I would pray this morning that those that have walked with you get pulled in a little bit closer. (laughs) Those that have never walked with you, I pray that you would pull them a little bit closer. So I just bless you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. I pray for those at home. I, I pray for those at home that are dealing with ailments. I would pray, Lord, that you would just begin to touch and heal them right now. I would pray for those that are with COVID, Lord. I, I would pray, Lord, that I, I've been praying flat, don't flatten the curve, obliterate it, Jesus. Just end it abruptly. Hmm. So, Lord, I love you and I bless you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you folks.